Hello and welcome to episode 325 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you today. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Tuesday, October the 11th, 2022, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I wanted to check out something called Various Additional Examples Appertaining to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary. Once again, this is from the text, The Glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus Liguri. And the great saint and doctor of the church begins by saying, there are some persons who make it a boast that they are free from prejudice and pride themselves on believing no other miracles than those recorded in the sacred scriptures, looking upon all others as tales and old women's fables. Here it is well to repeat a just remark made by the learned and pious Father John Crisset. He says that as good people easily believe miracles, so are the wicked always ready to turn them into ridicule. And he adds that as it is a weakness to give credit to everything, so on the other hand, does the rejection of miracles, when they are attested by grave and pious men, either savor of infidelity because they are thought impossible to God, or of presumption and denying the credibility of such a class of authors. We give credit to a Tacitus and to a Suetonius. Can we then refuse it without presumption to Christian, learned, and tried authors? Father Canisius says, there is less danger in believing and admitting that which is related with some appearance of truth by respectable authors and which has not been rejected by learned men, which is moreover a subject of edification to our neighbor than in rejecting it with a disdainful and presumptuous spirit. Example number one. In Germany, a man fell into a grievous sin. Through shame, he was unwilling to confess it, but on the other hand, Unable to endure the remorse of his conscience, he went to throw himself into a river. On the point of doing so, he hesitated and weeping, he begged that God would forgive him his sin without his confessing it. One night, in his sleep, he felt someone shake his arm and heard a voice which said, Go to confession. He went to the church, but yet did not confess. On another night, he again heard the same voice. He returned to the church, but when he got there, he declared that he would rather die than confess that sin. But before returning home, he went to recommend himself to the Most Blessed Virgin, whose image was in that church. He had no sooner knelt down than he found himself quite changed. He immediately got up, called the confessor, and weeping bitterly through the grace which he had received from Mary, made an entire confession of his sins. And he afterwards declared that he experienced greater satisfaction than had he obtained all the treasures of the world. Number two, a young nobleman who was on a sea voyage began to read an obscene book in which he took much pleasure. A religious noticed it and said to him, are you disposed to make a present to our blessed lady? The young men replied that he was. Well, the other answered, I wish that for the love of the most holy virgin, you would give up that book and throw it into the sea. Here it is, father, said the young man. No, replied the religious. You must yourself make Mary this present. He did so, and no sooner had he returned to Genoa, his native place, than the mother of God so inflamed his heart with divine love that he entered a religious order. Number three, a hermit on Mount Olivet kept a devout image of Mary in his cell and said many prayers before it. The devil, unable to endure such devotion to the Blessed Virgin, continually tormented him with impure thoughts so much so that the poor old hermit 
seeing that all his prayers and mortifications did not deliver him, one day said to the enemy, What have I done to thee, that thou tormentest me out of my life? On this the devil appeared to him and replied, Thou tormentest me much more than I do thee. But, he added, if thou wilt swear to keep it secret, I will tell thee what thou hast to give up, that I may no more molest thee. The hermit took the oath, and then the devil said, Thou must no more approach that image which thou hast in thy cell. The hermit, perplexed at this, went to consult the abbot Theodore, who told him that he was not bound by his oath, and that he must not cease to recommend himself to Mary before the image, as he had always done. The hermit obeyed, and the devil was put to shame and conquered. Number four, a woman who had carried on a criminal intercourse with two young men, one of whom, through jealousy, had killed the other, came one day in great alarm to confession to Father Humphrey Diana of the congregation of the P. Operari in the kingdom of Naples. She told the father that the wretched youth was no sooner dead than he appeared to her clothed in black, bound in chains, fire issuing from every part of his body, and with a sword in his hand which he had already raised to cut her throat, when she cried out, calling him by his name, Ah, what have I done to thee, that thou shouldest take my life? The damned soul in a rage replied, What hast thou done to me indeed, wretch that thou art? Thou hast made me lose my God. She then called on the Blessed Virgin, and at the sound of the most holy name of Mary, the specter disappeared and was no more seen. Number five. When St. Dominic was preaching at Carcassonne in France, an Albigensian heretic who, for having publicly ridiculed the devotion of the rosary, was possessed by devils, was brought to him. The saint then obliged the evil spirits to declare whether the things which he had said about the most holy rosary were true. Howling, they replied, listen, Christians, all that this enemy of ours has said of Mary and the most holy rosary is true. They moreover added that they had no power against the servants of Mary and that many by invoking in death the name of Mary were saved contrary to their deserts. They concluded saying, we are forced to declare that no one is lost who perseveres in devotion to Mary and in that of the most holy rosary. For Mary obtains from those who are sinners true repentance before they die. St. Dominic then made the people recite the rosary and, O prodigy, at every Hail Mary, many evil spirits left the body of the possessed man under the form of red hot coals, so that when the rosary was finished, he was entirely freed. On this occasion, many heretics were converted. Number six, the daughter of a prince had entered a convent which was not very fervent. And in consequence, though she was naturally of a good disposition, she advanced but little in virtue. But having by the advice of a good confessor begun to say the rosary, meditating at the same time in the mysteries, she was so changed that she became a model for all. The nuns, however, displeased at her seclusion, did all that they could to make her give up the course she had traced out for herself. One day, while she was saying the rosary and entreating Mary to help her in the persecution she underwent, a letter fell before her. On the outside was written, Mary, the mother of God, to her daughter Johanna, greeting. Inside it, she read, My beloved daughter, continue to say my rosary. Avoid intercourse with those who do not help thee to live well. Beware of sloth and vanity. Banish two superfluous things from thy cell and I will be thy protectors with God. The abbot, under whose jurisdiction the monastery was, visited it soon after, and endeavored to reform it, but without success. 
He one day saw many devils enter the cells of the nuns, but not into that of Johanna, for the divine mother before whom he saw her praying drove them away. Having afterwards learnt from her the devotion of the rosary, which she practiced, and the letter she had received, she ordered all the nuns to do the same, and the account says that the convent became a paradise. Number seven. One moment, please. I have to move back a few pages here for that one. Let me see here. For this example, see page 172. I think we're going to skip over that one because we had previously covered it. So let's go to number eight. Blessed Allen relates that there was a lady named Dominica who for a time said the rosary, but having afterwards given it up, she fell into such poverty that one day in despair, she gave herself three stabs with a knife. When she was on the point of expiring and the devils were already preparing to take her to hell, the most blessed virgin appeared to her and said, Daughter, although thou hast forgotten me, I would not forget thee on account of the rosary, which at one time thou didst recite in my honor. But now, if thou wilt continue to recite it, I will not only restore thee to life, but will also restore thee the property thou hast lost. Dominica recovered her health, and persevering in the recitation of the rosary, regained her property, and on her deathbed was again visited by Mary who praised her for her fidelity, and she then died a holy death. Number nine. In Saragossa, there was a nobleman named Peter, a relation of St. Dominic, but who was a most wicked man. One day when the saint was preaching, he saw Peter enter the church and begged our Lord to manifest the state of that miserable sinner to the congregation. In an instant, Peter appeared as a monster from hell, surrounded and dragged about by many devils. Every one, even his wife, who was in the church and the servants who accompanied him began to fly. St. Dominic then sent him word by a companion that he should recommend himself to Mary and begin to recite the rosary, which he also sent him. When Peter had received the message, he humbled himself, sent to thank the saint, and then had himself the grace to see the devils who surrounded him. He then confessed his sins with many tears to the saint, from whom he received the assurance that they were already forgiven. He persevered in saying the rosary and became so holy that one day our Lord made him appear in church in the presence of the whole congregation crowned with a triple crown of roses. And finally, number 10. In the mountains of Trent, there lived a famous robber who, when he was one day admonished by a religious to change his life, replied that for him there was no remedy. No, said the religious, do what I tell you. Fast on Saturdays in Mary's honor and on that day never molest anyone and she will obtain you the grace not to die at enmity with God. The poor robber followed this advice and even bound himself to it by vow, and that he might not break it, he from that time forward always went unarmed on Saturdays. It so happened that one Saturday he met the officers of justice, and rather than break his vow, he allowed himself to be made a prisoner without resistance. The judge, seeing that he was an old gray-haired man, wished to save him from death, but having already received the grace of compunction from Mary, he said that he wished to die in punishment for his sins. He then in the hall of justice made a public confession of all the crimes of his life 
And this he did with so many tears that all who were present wept. He was beheaded, and a grave being dug was buried with little ceremony. But afterwards, the mother of God, accompanied by four virgins, was seen to take the body from that place and wrap it in a rich cloth embroidered with gold. They then carried it to the city gate. There our blessed lady herself said to the guards, Tell the bishop in my name to give honorable burial in such a church to this man, for he was my faithful servant. This was done. All the people thronged to the place where they found the body, the rich pall, and the bier on which it was placed. Caesarius relates that from that time, all the people of that district began to fast on Saturdays. So ends the readings for today. When we allow ourselves to be moved by the Holy Ghost and the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, blessings will be rained into our heart. When we make ourselves devout clients of Our Lady, she will not be outdone in generosity and she will do everything within her power, and she is the Lord's masterpiece. She is the greatest of all creatures. She will bring us to our Lord. She will use everything at her disposal. There are so many graces that the Blessed Mother, Blessed Mother is the mediatress of all graces, wants to help bring into our lives. She wants to guide us to Jesus, but we have to ask. We have to be humble. In order to respond to God's grace, we have to become little ones, as it were. People in this world who are exalted, people who have wealth, who pursue pleasure, power, fame, and so forth, that's not greatness in the Lord's eyes. Being humble, pursuing a life of virtue, that's what the Lord wants. Realizing that we are nothing and he is everything and we need him desperately. So let us continue to go to Our Lady. Let us continue to pray the rosary every single day. Fathers and grandfathers especially, lead your wives, your kids, and your grandkids in the rosary every single day. In conclusion, as I've been doing over the course of the last several episodes, I want to direct you to that website, Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, also known as HALO, located at H-A-L-O, hyphen S-O-M-A dot org. That's H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A dot org. This is for help with those who have been afflicted with non-speaking autism. My wonderful niece, Brielle, is one of those individuals. I would direct your attention to episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast in which I interviewed my sister, Toby, and my niece, Brielle, for more information about help for non-speakers. And let us pray for help and for healing as we call upon the angels and saints, in particular, St. Raphael, my co-patron, and St. Joseph, also my co-patron. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you through the intercession of St. Raphael, Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. Memorari to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual Father, and beg your protection. O foster Father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness, hear and answer me. Amen. 
May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them. With love for thee, amen. By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. And now the three Hail Marys in honor of Our Lady of Fatima's immaculate purity. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et nor mortis nostrae, amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et nor mortis nostrae, amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae, amen. And a Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri, Filio, et Spiritui Sancto. Sicut erat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et in secula, seculorum, amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis, sancti Joseph, Terra Daimonem, ora pro nobis, Sancto Raphael Archangeli, ora pro nobis, in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 325 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. You can find all the shows there. And most especially, please pray for the eternal salvation of all of our bishops. Goodbye and God love you.